everybody to the Toon Army America podcast and we are back hopefully finally <laughs> and it's about damn time so once again my name is Adam from Chicago and joining me on this episode of the podcast we have Tony aka Fat Hobbit from St. Louis hey 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 no one needs to know my nickname but yeah well you Fat just gave it, you gave it to yourself so it's yes, public and with us from the Baltimore Annapolis area now is OG David. How you doing, David? Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to join ASM's Gucci gang or something like that. I don't know. Can you get those at your store? Uh, not yet. I hope. Maybe. If we do well, I'm sure there'll be some sort of demand or something sometime. Yeah, They're great headbands. They look great. But do they help him play great? I guess we'll find out. We're going to find out if he's um, the good side of Ben Arfa 2.0 or the bad side of Ben Arfa 2.0. Oh, don't do that comparison. Poor It's guy. a fair one. It's a fair it's a, one. Ben Arfa didn't wear that stupid headband. <laughs> that is a fair point. Or uh, the blonde dreadlocks. Yeah, the whole like blonde tipping hair thing. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. When Dummett did it, I'm like, I get it even less. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what's worse, those guys or Aguero dyeing his hair like silver? I mean, they're from South America, so I don't know. Is that normal there? Got me. I don't know. I'm not sure either. Anyway, let's let's stop talking about hairstyles. Um, <laughs> let's actually talk about something we enjoy: beer. Yeah, beer. Yeah, Tony. I know you have already. That's why I'm fat hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking in this episode? I, I remember it being something strong and delicious. Well, um, since it's first podcast in near two years, I think, guys. Something like that. I was like, well, I'm going to go bigger, do nothing. So I am drinking a 12 a 12% peanut butter and stout by my buddy up at Narrow Gauge here in St. Louis. I bought, drank about half because we had technical difficulties getting started, so gonna get fun oh yes it is speaking of fun i am enjoying a beer from uh my friend's brewery riverlands that just opened up on saint patty's day in saint charles illinois this is called tamaki is an ipa made with new zealand hops it is absolutely delicious what kind of new zealand hops like nelson or galaxy or Uh, i think it's nelson sullivan uh yeah, CTZ, Nelson, Sullivan, and Montueka. Ooh, Montueka's good, too. Yeah, this is a delicious a beer. dank-ass beer right there. Yeah, it's 7.4%. This should be fun. So let's get into what we've been up to whoa, since... Whoa, whoa, we... whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, what? slow down. What? Slow down. You're not You're not going to let me share what? what I'm drinking. We, we don't care what? about your Coke Zero, dude. Usually this is the part of the show where you make fun of me for drinking Propel or Coke Zero, or something like that. But, like Tony said, going big or doing something. Egads. I actually have a beer in my hands, believe it or not. What? Oh, Duels doesn't count either, bud. 
<laughs> no, this has Heineken, this Heineken zero point zero does not count either. This actually has alcohol in it, and it actually oh. has. It looks like five point six percent alcohol, which I gather isn't much in your guys's world, but that's a big step for me. So lightweight, maybe a little. I am drinking a Rosetta from uh, Omegang Brewery in Belgium. It is a sour cherry ale, something or other. I don't know, but it but it tastes oh, good. No, no, isn't Omegang's from? Uh, um, Cooperstown. Well, it's it's I was about to say it's imported from to Cooperstown, but this that's was brewed in Belgium. It says so on the label. So, well, that's interesting because since Duvel's their parent company, them and Boulevard, I didn't realize they were doing that. Interesting. Yep. I, I didn't know that either. I don't know. It says brewed and bottled by Leafmans in uh, some place I cannot pronounce, Belgium. Interesting. The more you know. Imagine that you never thought in a million years OG would be delivering alcohol knowledge on the podcast. I feel smart now. Thanks, guys. I was for sure it was going to be Coke Zero. Nope. Not this time. Sorry to disappoint. No, we're pleasantly surprised. Welcome and cheers. Bottoms up. Salute. Ooh, that's good. So since the last time we podcasted regularly, we've watched a great manager come and go. I've added a kid. That's four of You've them. You've added now. a kid. Mm-hmm. A new house. That, that and a new house. I've had a new. I've added a new car. Of course you did. And OG moved most of the way across the country. That was kind of, I think I might've already been here for the last one, but yeah, that's newish. I'm also now a full-time hawker of soccer things. So there's that. Um, let's see here. We listened to a song called Gloria a lot. Oh Jesus. Oh, the blues won the Stanley cup. Yes. Yeah. It's about fucking time. Oh. Adam and I are, it was, it was a great spring. And the cap and the caps before was, that very was fun out here. But yes, you guys had way more fun with that than I did with the Caps, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, so much fun. So who had more fun, Brett Hull or Ovi? Brett Hull. That is a great question. I think, I think, I think Brett Hull made Ovi look like an amateur. Yes. For our international listeners, Brett Hull is an ice hockey player in the Hall of Fame, as we call it here, and played for the Blues. Ovechkin's a Russian, plays for the Capitals right now. They both like to drink a lot. And to put into perspective, Brett Hull is probably the closest equivalent of Alan Shearer for yes. the Blues as well. Yes. Exactly Le- all-time right. leading goal scorer. Um, has had a, a huge love for the club since even when he left. Turned on the Blackhawks. Smart man. Fuck Very smart man because Bill Wirtz wouldn't pay him enough. Fuck the Blackhawks. And <laughs> I don't think he has spent the entire month of May and June sober. Have you tried his tequila? No. I'm more likely <laughs> to try Wayne Gretzky's uh, whiskey. I need to try that. Anyway, enough about ice hockey. Let's let's, let's get into the shit show that Newcastle has been going through. <laughs> at, yeah, least, so... at least we have the blues to sort of make the shit show seem. Yeah, that definitely softened the put blow the, for sure. Yeah, put it on the back burner for a while for us. Yeah, I I've told people over the years that if they, if I had to choose between uh, Newcastle winning the Premier League or the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, I told them all day long, Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Took 52 years, man. Sorry, 52, 52 years. Yeah. Did you make it to any of the games in the finals or no? No. Or play, any playoff games? No. I have four children, Adam. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up going to... Game five in Boston, and that's a long story that I will choose not to talk about on the podcast. It's a good story. It is a very good story. Anyway, let's try and actually talk about Newcastle because we're 
clearly dancing around this subject. We've had a, a absolute shit show of a summer. We, I think Barstool Sports put it perfectly. We went to bed with a nine and woke up with a four. Yeah. If we could not invoke Barstool Sports in any of our podcasts, that would be great. I normally don't like I don't like to invoke them, but the way that they put it was so perfect I couldn't help myself. So we've lost Rafa and have replaced him with old Jordy boy Steve Bruce at a very cut rate salary, especially compared to Rafa's, which he deserves. Yeah, Rafa deserves. Steve Bruce definitely does not. Well, no, I mean Bruce deserves what he got based on his history. Yeah, and his desperation to come here and leave Sheffield. Is is OG? No, I'm here. He I'm just listening. You guys go back and forth. Oh, okay. No, I'm good. Everything's great. Just checking. Just checking to make Everything's sure awesome. there. <laughs> the one hit quitter. But yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't. No, what else do you say? Like. He's the man- what else is there to say? Like he's the manager now, whether we agree with it or not. That's who's coaching the team week in and week out. So make the best of the situation, you know, with all the the boycott stuff going on. Can't really do that here, so you just kind of trudge along. Yeah, there really isn't much we can do anyway. Because um, regardless if we didn't watch, the game's going to be shown anyway, regardless of who we're playing. Because we get all the games here. So it's not like they're not going to pick up games in the future if no one's watching or going. And the the most exactly. annoying thing to me was more the whole takeover Joe who owns the Chiefs situation than um <laughs> than that. We we kind of all knew that the handwriting was on the wall cuz that's kind of how it goes with Rafa. He he does well. He he does his job. He kind of rubs people the wrong way and he ends up leaving town with the exception of Liverpool. He probably left too late, but everywhere else he leaves a little too early. And so that part wasn't, it was disappointing, but it wasn't surprising, but I hate it when I wake up in the morning and Mike Ashley owns Newcastle United. It's like waking up with really bad reflux and you're like, Oh my God, I could puke or Oh my God, what the fuck did I drink last night? <laughs> right. With that bourbon? Every single day. Yeah, so that's that's the bigger that's the bigger issue for me. But uh, I'm as much as I want to think that all that stuff is going to happen. I'm I'm of the mind that he really doesn't want to sell the club, and so I'm just kind of one day it'll happen, one way or another, and then it'll be awesome. But until then, it doesn't really matter what we do, whether fans boycott. In my opinion, they're entitled to if they want to knock yourself out. But it at the end of the day we're just all biding our time until the the club changes hands as far as stewardship goes. And so I'm prepared to try to back the manager and the team as best I can. Am I going to spend any money directly to the club? No, but that's as far as I go. Uh, now and then. Did you before? I'd, I'd buy something from uh, the store that shall not be named or the club directly, but now I'll go through a third party where they've already given Puma and then indirectly him their money so i don't have to feel quite as bad doing it yeah the licensing most most of the price of of what is made on shirts is is already done through licensing so if you're buying it from a a third-party store you're really giving um quite a significant amount less to mike ashley's coffers versus 
buying it from the store or his own shop directly. That's right. You're just shipping one when a new kit comes in. Yeah, I I'm not buying this year's kit. I I already I like resolved it. that I wasn't going to. I I the green one. I like the green one's pretty. I don't bad. like the green. I don't like the home one. The th- yeah, the third the the black and green one is looks really good. Brian went to Preston away and he said it looked even better in person. As much as I like the design of the third kit, I think it's the wrong color. I it, think it's. It reminds me of the orange one. We the, one of the first Puma orange ones we already had. Yeah, the only difference is the the design of the the roof incorporated into the shirt. And... Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that's. What I'm with Adam. I've yeah, I've seen the, the home up is. close because my store has one size size large of that of that home kit. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The away is good, I think. Um, and the third, it just feels like it's been done. So I probably I probably won't be getting any of them either. I have in years past. But you're getting I got the away from last year. The red, the red and blue one, and I and I will find a Gucci headband if we if we start carrying them. If he bangs in fifty goals this year, everybody will be wearing the the (laughs) Gucci headbands and the bleach blonde dreads. And then next year we'll get like a hundred and fifty million from Real Madrid for a guy that banged in fifty goals. Yeah. So we've had uh, quite a happening. <laughs> transfer window this well, summer. But if if you if you like completely take out the, the the bullshit that goes on with spending and shit that Ashley does, it was a they were good signings. Yeah, I thought overall like so losing Rafa aside, I thought this was a damn good window. Yeah, if you put putting everything in full perspective, you know it's all a shit show. But at least if you sort of isolate the the, the incomings, I thought the incomings were were good. I don't even think the outgoings were bad. I was never a huge Perez fan, but I feel like we got a lot of money for him that we could potentially probably use in January because that's really where that money is going to go. It's going to go to the January transfer budget. Yeah, I mean, realistically, what we what we spent on Joel and Tin from Hoffenheim, we probably use the Sissoko or Mitro money or portion of a combination of the two to to pay for Joel and Tin. I'm just going to call him Joel, and, just Joel, because why not? So in the let's put it in perspective. Like the last two transfer windows, we've actually bought three players at or above that twenty million pound mark. I mean, the way money's spent these days, that's still like nothing. It's yeah, it's still like low, like <laughs> we'll call it lower middle class of the Premier League in yeah. terms of spending range. Yeah, especially yeah, for I, the position I that think we bought. The fact in. that we actually started to loosen the purse strings a little bit is promising to a degree. Now I know that the the hope is that Almiron hits and Saint Maximan hits and Joelinton hits and we turn around and we you know we, we bought them for eighty and then we turn around and Joel. we sell them for two hundred. Like I, I recognize that that's the that that's like the hope or even if you hit on one of them then you've made your money back on the other two. But but here's the here's the deal and it's not a popular opinion. That's the way you have to do it unless you're you're, you're like, oh no, I, I 100% agree with you. Spending like, the world. This is that's the way the game's gone. It's a business at the end of the day, and you have to, you have yeah, to buy I, and hope. I, 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 I agree with that. You, even, I mean, even, even Man United does it to an extent. Now you have to go back a little bit and you look at Ronaldo, but even they do that. The only ones who really don't do that are Real Madrid and Barcelona, and now PSG. That's about it. But, um, I mean, it, it's. 
it's it's frustrating and discouraging in the sense that it's like just as you if if those work just as you're starting to kind of get used to these guys and they're starting to become beloved and revered by the fans and everything they're gone which is kind of frustrating and and discouraging to an extent but that's the reality of where we're at but the fact that we even kind of spend that money at all i think um shows me a little bit and i'll get i'll get called an ashley apologist and and brown noser and all that kind of stuff for this probably but it it shows me that at least to some degree he's starting to understand that he needs to do that and and that can only be a good thing for the club long term i'm i'm happy you know manager manager turnover notwithstanding i'm i'm pretty pleased with the window that we had the um the areas that we needed to address we addressed we knew we were short on fullbacks and so we went and we brought in two we knew we were light in attack especially when we were when we sold Perez and we didn't bring Rondon back we knew we were light in attack so we went and we got three guys and i think the most important thing is that we didn't gut our midfield longstaff longstaff is here yeah. Isaac Hayden stayed, and I think that's huge. Yeah, especially, that's yeah, right. especially since there were, sorry, especially since there were two big, you know, those are two big sagas for Newcastle with um, Man United sniffing around Longstaff for for the two hundred fifty million pounds is being reported, and of the ongoing saga of uh, Hayden wanting to leave um, since January. Um, I think that was more of the case of he didn't like playing for Rafa, and now that he's gone, he magically yeah, wants to stay. That interview was was. I know. I know he said it was from the last day and the last two games of the season, but at that interview and things that Matt Ritchie said, I, I just get a sense that maybe the the players respected Rafa, but they didn't necessarily like playing for him. I'm okay with that. I'd rather. Yeah, no, I'd, rather I'd rather see a coach be hated and they play well. Than, yeah. than like the manager and play like shit. No, I agree. It's just, it's interesting to, you know, Richie got slammed for, you know, for what he said. And I don't know that what he said was wrong. I think the, the players have a much better perspective than the fans do. Yeah, they absolutely the they do. And why would they want to bite the hand that feeds? Right. Well, and even that, even if you're just, you're just towing the company line, sometimes most of what they're saying is true. Whether they're over overselling it, that's, you know, that's probably true as well. But, you know, I'm sure Rafa wasn't the easiest manager to play for. I'm sure it's, it's, a lot of I'm sure he hasn't been. He hasn't been like anywhere with, he's period. he's been. Even at Liverpool, when he won the Champions League, there he was bristling and clashing with ownership and trying to get him to spend more money, and and his buy rate wasn't the greatest. And so he had the he had the adoration of the Liverpool fans because he won him the fifth Champions League, to um, which I would I would say is probably. Right in a weird kind of way, more down to Steven Gerrard than it was to Rafa. But the he had that adulation and that adoration to kind of paper over the cracks of what was, you know, he, he, he's had combative relationships with players and with the front office brass and just always has. And so here it's not really an exception. He's he's a, don't get me wrong, I, I respect the heck out of Rafa and I think he's a great manager and he's in the top two probably of best managers we've had at least in my time um, of, of paying attention and everything like that. Now being that that's Rafa and Servabi, that's kind of a low bar, but considering everybody who was in between, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's, but he's definitely, he, he's, <laughs> he's one of the he's in my better managers that, that we've had. He's one of the better managers in the world. And so I don't want to you know denigrate and, 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 and piss on him at all, but he, 
his relationship with his players and his relationship with ownership and people in the front office, his track record is that he can be combative and those relationships are fractious. And that's why he ends up leaving inevitably. Um, Every place he's gone other than Valencia, because he left to come to Liverpool, that's kind of been par for the course with him. And so we shouldn't be surprised when there's a little bit of kind of calm, even though there's the turnover and the fans love him. And that's the reason the fans are so upset and everything, but the way he deals with players and the way that he deals with ownership, of course, they're going to be kind of like, okay. (laughs) And, and take a breath and kind of relax a little bit because it's got to be exhausting to, to deal with that no matter how good. Uh, he is at what he does. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And when you look at, I mean, look at his time with Chelsea. I mean, he was there for what, half a season, three quarters of a season? Won him trophies, but they still let him go at the end of the season. I'm going to chalk that up to a little bit of it being Roman Abramovich being arrogant and dumb. And I'm going to also chalk that up to Rafa pissing off Abramovich at the same time. But when, yeah, you you look at his 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 track record, and he does have a history of doing his best to establish a great relationship with the fans, doing well in the field, but being a very difficult person to deal with behind the scenes. Um, regardless of what his outcome is, if he leaves someplace on a high note, which he tends to do he will always make whomever is at the helm of the club look like a mug while he goes off to his next project. In this case, for twice the money he was making at Newcastle. Smart man. As long as he can take if that the, money out of the China, paychecks don't good, right? bounce. I, right. I have another, to hand it that's to... That's another big if. Yeah, I have Trump, to hand Trump it to Steve Bruce, perfect. actually. Um, I heard the interview he talked about, uh, he, he, he gave uh, yesterday, which is, what, Wednesday? Um, and he's he was basically talking about how the fans have the right to kind of act how the fans want to want to act. They pay their money. If they want to not show up, they can. If they want to show up, they can or whatever. But he was really realistic kind of about his situation and knowing that he's he, he, he has a hard act to follow and he's got to try to win the fans over. Um, and I think even though he doesn't have the impressive CV that we would want as somebody to follow Rafa and kind of take us forward, uh, I think... I think he has done the best that he can thus far. Now, we haven't played a competitive game yet, so we can talk about that part later. He said to judge him after some time, which he's done the best I think that he could with with the situation that he's kind of walked into. Now, he walked into it willingly, obviously, and he created his own mess in Sheffield by leaving the way that he did. I have a, a certain amount of respect for him just in the way that he's handled this and the, um, and the self-awareness that he has. Uh, in terms of the situation that he's in right now and what he has to do in order to uh, win the fans over. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, regardless of what his record has been in the past, he has not had the greatest of squads to deal with before leading up to now. He's always been in a in a position where he has had some pretty bare, th- bare thread squads to deal with, regardless of where he's gone. And now that he actually has a decent squad to to play with he actually is it is it a has something to prove here to say to suggest that this might be the strongest squad he's ever had it's the strongest there squad were, there were a couple of teams in birmingham that, had that were that were decent knowledge. but i i i've, I've got to think that i've got to think from back to front nothing like this especially if the forwards hit like we we've seen glimpses uh in the preseason that that they may hit 
I, I, I got to think that this is the strongest squad he's had, and, and he's playing almost with a full deck. So I guess there are no excuses as far as he's concerned. Tony, what do you think about that? I, I don't know that I have. I don't. You, know, you guys know me well enough. Most people out there don't. I don't really follow other teams, so I don't keep a close track on what these other managers do elsewhere to really have an opinion. Um, I know that hasn't won anything. Um, I know he spent most of his time in the championship. I guess or probably the teams to the championship. Biggest team club that he's managed. Sunderland is not a big club. Hull is not a big club. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't really know how to answer that. He's in, he's to me is an also ring. Maybe this is the one like like Pardew. He gets a couple. Maybe he gets a good year. Who knows? I think he's certainly. I think he's certainly, especially after this transfer window, yeah. and and who, who has been signed, um, again as I talked about earlier, addressing the areas that needed to be addressed, and not ripping apart the center backs and the center midfielders, which is kind of the spine of what had made the team so um, good. Isn't the right word, but just so solid and stout the last couple of years. I mean, he's definitely got the uh, he's definitely got a team to try to yeah. do something with. But he didn't. But he didn't. But he didn't do any of that. He's, oh, I know. The but coach. it's it's the it's the job of the head coach to optimize what you have, and so oh, he, he's no, no, no. And yeah, I'm not saying he, he did. Have, he didn't have any say in transfers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he did. But what I am saying outdoor. is that with the with the club, you know, whether that's Charnley, whether that's Ashley himself or whomever it is that's arranging and signing off and basically doing all of these transfers, they've given him a full proper squad, which I don't even know that I don't even know that Rafa ever got that um, because he had to pull some teeth just to get Rondon in to have any kind of goal scoring threat whatsoever up top. But he, he's got an opportunity to do something now. And I'm, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic in the sense that I don't, I don't really think unless all three of those attacking guys, Almiron, St. Maximan and, and Joelinton all bomb horribly. I, I don't think that, Joel. that we're really going to be in a relegation scrap just because I, I trust the, the defense. I trust the center mids. I trust Dubrovka to not <clears throat> concede so much to have us in those situations. And then it's just a matter of, of if Bruce can make sure that he's putting round pegs and round holes on the field and, and figure out the system that's going to work, which is really his only remit because he's the head coach, is to get the best out of the guys that he's been given. Yeah, I think the, that's a, a very good point. I think the one thing that we also have to take into consideration is will Steve Bruce and his staff be able to manage the squad well enough so we don't go into the injury problems that we had before Rafa came in. When you look at the the teams under McLaren and uh, Pardue and just those two managers alone, we were always at the top of the the injury Premier League table where you always had the most days lost due to yeah, and- injury. And a lot of those and a lot of those injuries were not contact injuries. They were all you know muscle strains or muscle pulls or or something that was, that happened in training and not really in a game, but they were also out for a long yeah, we time. Have, um, I, I think the benefit that we have now that we did not have before is we've kind of gotten rid of that. If you remember that old philosophy, um, 
from two or three chairmen ago, Derek, whatever his name is, I can never pronounce his last name. Yes, yes, with um, the we Mm -hmm. want 11 purples. So we want like 11 starting quality players and then kind of screw the rest kind of thought process is um, we have, we have a full squad and we have, um, you know, not to jump the gun on something we may be talking about here in a bit, but we have decisions, even if the players maybe aren't the greatest in the world or, or wouldn't deserve to start on merit. We actually for once like have more players available to us that could do a job then we can name in our 25 man squad. And I don't remember that ever happening. Um, it was always like leaving one blank or the, the 24 or 25 pick themselves. And it's like, we've got, we've got 29 guys that could do a job. I think if called upon, are they all world beaters? Of course not, but that's going to make it so much easier. I think for, for Bruce, that if a guy gets injured, like, you know, Matt, Matt Ritchie, pulled his hamstring in one of the friendlies. Okay. So we can put Willems on the left or we can put Aaron's on the left or, or we can move Dummett back out there. Or if a guy gets injured on the right, like Yedlin's still trying to come back from the groin surgery. Okay. You put Mankio out there, you put Kraft who we just signed out there that we've got options that we just didn't have before. It was like, if, if one guy got injured, it was just like, Oh crap, let's try to piece it together until he gets back. And I don't think, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we have that issue <laughs> so much. Um, even, even if a lot of those guys are interchangeable, just in the sense that they're, no, we definitely don't. they're all kind of serviceable guys. We had, um, when I was, when I was back out in Idaho, you to, to, to use, yeah, to use a different, different analogy, a sports analogy. Um, a lot of the basketball teams that were there would, would be really successful. They had like one or two really good players. And then they had a bunch of like six, four, six, five guys that were completely interchangeable with each other. And, and none of them were amazing, but they could, they would all do the job that was asked of them. And I think that's kind of the situation that we're in. We've got a couple of Mavericks, a couple of really rock solid guys uh, and then a bunch of guys that are just interchangeable. As long as they're consistent, we're going to be okay. And, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I think that's going to be something that's going to make uh, Steve Bruce's life quite a bit easier than it would have been had he been here uh, in, in previous situations. But- Holy shit, you can talk a lot, man. <laughs> I thought I talked a lot. It's, oh, it's the alcohol talking. I'm like, so as we're recording, we can, we, we can see how – we can we have these little waves on our, our recordings, and I'm like, dude, it just keeps going. It looks like a it's like a um, heart rhythm, like up and down, up and down, up and down. Going going to the Jim Rome School of Podcasting. More me, right? Right? No, <laughs> That's right. No, that's okay. That's okay. you say things. That is the nicest time. thing you've ever said that's to me, Tony. Stupid shit. I know. Cheers. We need more stupid shit, though. I'm trying. I only have a little bit of my beer left, so we're getting there. Do you have a second one lined up? No, God, no. I gotta, I gotta go he's got to work off the morning. So. <laughs> so after the beer, it's hydrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hydrating time. That's right. So I think we're talking about squad. Before I rudely interrupted. So, yeah, we, we really haven't we haven't done a full rundown of what we've like gained and lost over the summer. Um, well, let's just let's just skip the other shit. We got a we got a right back. Great. We got a left winger, great. We got a striker, fantastic. But we got Andy. I actually really yes. am on board with that. And if you had told 
if you had told me I like I'm when the rumors right. came back, cause Steve Bruce, he came back and immediately like the first player that we were linked to the same player we we're linked to every transfer window was Andy Carroll. And I was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, here we go again. But it, 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 it does make sense. But it finally makes sense. Like this, this deal, this deal is everything that Andy Carroll needs. And it gives us a completely different player than what we have already up front. And it just makes sense. It took eight and a half years to get him back. Yeah, and the and just like you were talking about the deal where it's a where it's a, a, a low base salary with incentives for appearance, so it's on him to stay fit. Um, is is really good for both parties because there's there's virtually no risk on our end. Um, and I think the 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 thing that's almost as important is yeah he offers something different because. Joelinton, the the comparison that most people make for him is Roberto Firmino at Liverpool, where he can hold the ball up well, but he's not crazy good in the air. He's also not gonna gonna bang in twenty five goals a year. He'll get you ten to fifteen, but then he'll he'll play the other players in, and and those guys are going to be the ones that get that get the goals. Um, we we need a guy who who can do something different. Uh, and and Carroll, if he can stay fit, is going to do that. Plus, all he needs to do is score his first goal for Newcastle, and the fans are going to be all over him, slobbering like crazy, like he'd never left, and everything, which is which is kind of an interesting thing too. The the funny thing is, he's come back under the circumstances he left in, which is basically we're selling you, so we want the money. So piss off. But they came back, the same owner that basically told him we're selling you everything seems to be okay that's weird that's an interesting observation that's weird i think it, i think yeah it's a, it's eight and a half years under the bridge too so let's that's something else to consider i don't know it's, it's but anyway it's the right time it makes the best sense right now and if it's andy carroll or dwight gale pretty sure i want andy carroll out on the field and not in and not dwight gale does not offer enough for me to keep him on the field. He's he's what we call in the United States a, a quadruple A player. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, better, not, he's too he's good better, to be triple A. Yes, he's not good enough to be a major league player. But he's not good enough for the Premier League. So he's in the yeah, league. That, 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 that makes sense because he's he. If you look at his track record, he'll get you like five or like six between five and eight goals in the league. That's what he did at Crystal Palace at least before we signed him. Um, and I think he got that many in the one season. Um, Premier League wise, that that we had him before before we shipped him off on loan, but that's I mean that's super sub territory, kind of when you're trying to ch- chase a goal late, and given the fact that we're going to have wing backs and we're going to have wing play and and theoretically banging a lot of crosses into the box, I I would much rather have a guy who can get his head on the end of that than yeah I, I think Andy Carroll's a game changer when he comes on the field and Dwight Gill doesn't change the game at all he doesn't add anything different when he comes off the bench he's not only that but we're gonna have a lot of increased wing wing play but we also have john joe shelby at midfield that could ping a ball to him at any given time if if one player's happy roth is gone yes yes 100 percent. yes he's probably happy that bruce is gonna play supposedly play three midfielders too because that creates extra extra playing room for for him without having to upset the other two. Well, let's get into that. Let's, let's close this out with talking about Sunday and what we expect from a, a lineup, because I think that's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting to see because we 
are we going to assume that he's going to play five in the back and three central three central defenders? I'm more I'm more interested to see if I'm, Aaron I'm, starts on Sunday. He started the last preseason game, and has Aaron's gone up? I'm curious. I, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, that's that that's a, that's a Friday release. So by the time this gets edited, that'll be out there. So we'll either be really really smart or really really dumb, depending on how it goes. But I've I've I'm I'm really hoping. I'm hoping Lazar. He won't. He won't. He will not. He will not be on it. He's already off to Italy. Um, I am. I am willing to bet that Save is not on it. Um, just because the European transfer windows are still open and and he'll be pretty easy to flog off somewhere else. Um, I am willing to bet Lejeune is not on it just because they probably want to give him the fall to come back from the ACL. Um, and then you get and then you get down. There's one more spot. That you kind of yeah. have to think about, and it's you know, is it? Oh, if Jack Colback is I, on this team, fuck yeah, he's me. going to be at this point. He's going to be at this. Oh, time. you know he's going to. Where, where are you no going to send him? You going to send him to the continent on loan? No, don't say shit. I mean that worked. That worked in Football Manager, but Lazio always came sure. in on came in for him on loan. But I don't think that's going to work actually in real life. I think it's. I, I think it's Elliot. Send him to Russia. I think it's Elliot, and they go with Darlow and uh, Dubrovka and the and the kid we signed from Bolton as like an emergency third option. And that sucks for Elliot because he's been a really good servant and he's been injured an awful lot, but he hasn't gotten a minute in the preseason. Um, and unless there's some injury that I'm not aware of, he's fit. So I'm 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 not sure where he goes or what he does. To be honest, that's that's the logical thing for me because otherwise I don't see the logic in anybody else. Because we only got Murphy out on loan, and so Gale's still here, Colback's still here, Aaron's is still here. I, I I just I don't I don't know who else the other guy is. I don't know who it is. If it's not Elliot, yeah. The only thing I can see that would be a the only thing that could be a possibility is I'm trying to think of any other players in this squad that are on that on the the fringe that could be of value elsewhere in the continent and the only i'm thinking of is maybe aaron's to someplace in germany but i just can't see him i can't see him going on anywhere else i can't see someone like uh kisan young going anywhere else um i i just can't see anybody else going does the other long staff make yeah he, maddie maddie's under 21 so he's, he's he still doesn't under need 21 to be named. isn't he so he, he is, yes he does what, what about yes he does 1997 is the birth year you have to oh, be does you have to be named if you were born in 97 or earlier. And so he does, he does now have to be named. He didn't have to be last year. Okay. Otherwise that would make it a lot simpler. I'm wondering if, okay. And this is going to sound really weird, but I'm wondering if there might not be, and it would depend, but you can, if I remember the rules correctly, you can't loan to the championship, but you can still loan to league one. And so I'm, I'm I'm wondering if there might be somebody there yes. that we could. So the, but it would, I mean, it would cha- have to be the either, champion- You know, it, it, again, it would probably have to be Elliot for that to make any sense whatsoever. Steri, I don't even. Steri's not going to make or the twenty. Steri, he's not. He's he's overage. Kyle Scott's overage. No, Stefan no. O'Connor, who's on a who's on a short term deal to prove his fitness, is overage. And Luke Charman is also overage. But none of them. They're all U twenty three players. They're not going to make the. They're not going to make the 25. They're not even in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Okay, no, but who, who plays Sunday? Fuck all this down on the farm shit. If you guys want to have your own podcast talking about these players who I've never fucking heard of, you can do that on your own time. Let's talk about Arsenal. Let's have nice. fun then. Time for number two. Oh. oh. Look at you. 
This is not the same beer as before. This is also from Riverlands. It's called Pride of the Fox. It is brewed with citra and eucanut hops. Hey, you should send me stuff. They don't confiscate here. <laughs> yeah, but I have to ship it out of Chicago, which means they will confiscate. That's bad. Uh, yeah, to backstory, Tony and I are regular beer traders with each other. And another friend of ours who has since moved to Germany, also tr- I traded with him from the Northeast. And two of my last three trades have been confiscated by a certain certain parcel company that shall is not based re- out of Tennessee that shall not be named. That is so lame. Yeah, it happens. It is so lame. But anyway, I f- let's talk about Sunday. I keep trying to go back to Sunday. Let's don't get me distracted. If this, if we want to make this a beer podcast, I will be more than happy to make it a beer. I feel, podcast. I feel confident <laughs> Dubrovka is going to play. So would I. Um, I, I feel, I feel confident. Joel intends yes, going to play. Yes, as do I. <laughs> Joel. I'm just gonna. I am just going to Joel. call him Joelinton every shit. time, just right. so you Joel. can drop Joel in afterwards. And then I'm gonna call him the piano right. man. Because <laughs> I don't. I don't know any other person named Joel of any Billy William Joel than Billy. What <laughs> the uh, the question yeah, I have with the lineup is if Bruce is going to go with what he seemed to indicate he was going to go with, which is for lack of a better terms, three five two. Even though it's a five three two, with three center backs, three center mids, two wing backs, and two forwards. Which one? No, we well we did a three four three last year. But we did that last which year. Is, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. You can say that until you're blue in the face. We, we had a, five in the back, but we had we two had center mids instead of three because we played Almiron and Rondon and Perez up front the entire time. It was down to Hayden and Longstaff, or Hayden and Diame to to a two man midfield to hold it down. So now we're, now we're talking about playing three, which will be Shelby and, um, but you have to, well, yeah, 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 yeah. that's, that's fine, but that's, that's not getting to my, that's not getting to my point that I was going to make because you're talking about having Shelby, Shelby, let me get to it. And I'll tell you, you have no point. Fat Hobbit. You have no point. (laughs) The, uh, the, if you're playing Shelby and you're playing Longstaff and you're playing Hayden, then that doesn't leave room for Almiron, Saint Maximan, and Joelinton, sorry, Joel, to to be on the field at the same time. Joel. Which to me is a problem. But if we're gonna take Bruce at his word and say we're gonna play three three center backs, three center mids, two wing backs, two forwards, then one of those guys isn't isn't making the eleven. And that's when the conversation gets interesting for me at least as far as who's going to be on there. Cause I, cause I think it's pretty, pretty obvious based on what we, what we've got that LaSalle's is going to be in the lineup and Fernandez is going to be in the lineup and yep. um, probably dumb will be the other one. Dumb or Clark. One of the two. Yeah. Was Cher, was Cher Cher coming off the bench? bench? I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe shares in there. Sorry. Was I, Cher coming? I'm, looking at my, I'm looking at my sheet and he's on the very end of my sheet. So, so, you, yeah, so you've got Sharp. So, you, so you've nope, got Sharp. Nope, you got Sharp Fernandez and no, LaSalle. That's, that's fine. So, you've got so just, just, Shelby and Longstaff and Hayden, and that's fine. You've got Joelinton, Joel, and you've got either Almiron or Saint Maximan, one of the two. And then the wingbacks are probably. I mean, it's it's probably going to be Mankio, and it's probably going to be Willems, maybe Aaron's. I don't think I don't think he's Do going to play because I think Richie they're, they're not going to chance him with the hamstring. He'll still be hurt. Though. Never mind. No, he's no. You're right. They won't okay. do that. But does Richie make the team better anymore? 
Let's let's just have that real honest, I, frank conversation. That's a good question. Given given his bag of tricks, given where he plays, I think that we have probably replaced him in terms of skill and youth and speed. Um, I think that's one of the things that when you look at the squad, we have a lot, more, have speed. A lot more speed compared to years past. He's not, he, he's not fast. He's, no, he's not fast. He's almost I agree with that. I, I go, I'd go, one, I'd go one step further. Here. He needs to be a center mid. Would, not that we need him there, but that's where he need. That's where he needs to go because he's not fast. He's not fast enough to play wide. He's just not. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a. He doesn't have a right foot. If his right foot fucking hit him in the head, that's he fair. wouldn't know what to do with it. You don't need to. You don't. You don't need to be two footed as such Am to I be wrong? A center mid. Now, no, you're helps, not wrong. But so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think. 10 out of the 11 kind of picked themselves, or, well, 9 of the 11 kind of picked themselves at this point. 8, maybe. So, I guess if you want to say either Almiron or St. Maximin, but you're not sure which one, then it'd be 8. You're at left back. You're at number 10, I guess, playing off of off of the striker. And you're at right back, maybe. I think it's going to be Mankiel, although I think I'm, I'm not as down on Kraft coming in as a lot of people seem to be. They seem to think like he's not any better or anything. I think his job is just to come in and um, and be Trent Dilfer. <laughs> For those of us that are not in the U.S. and have completely Trent forgotten Trent Dilfer was a quarterback NFL who was not great, neither was he terrible. He was the quarterback when the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl Um Tony's Super Bowl drop right there. Um, the he was he was the quarterback on that Super Bowl winning team Super for the Ravens. Um, right around the the ninety nine two thousand when they beat the Giants somewhere around there, and literally his somewhere oh, in there. Said somewhere in there. Ninety nine two thousand so, were the Rams. Okay, if there's yes, I know, was, I know. You're in St. Louis. And you're bitter about the Rams. I get it. The the um the 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 point no, is that, that Trent Dilfer. It was literally. We're handing you an all-world defense because that 2000, I think it was the 2000 Ravens, the 2001 Super Bowl is, is the year, I think, what that, that I'm talking about. I'm not, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But they're in the conversation no, of one of, not well, even one close. of, not even close. One of no, the not. better NFL no. defenses that, that there's been, especially in the, in the more modern game. Uh, that, that's that's the way I'll couch that just because I I don't think yes. it's fair to compare the eighty five Bears to the two thousand one um to the two thousand Ravens to the two to the two thousand thirteen Seahawks. No, I, there are different eras. It's it's just different. It's like Bears. trying to compare the Warriors to the ninety five Bulls. You just can't do it. The the yes, you can. The Bulls is what I've started here. Easy comparison. The Bulls can I, can I get to my point? Trent Dilfer's job was literally: we've given you an all-world <laughs> defense. Don't screw it up. You don't need to go win the game for us. Just don't lose it for us. And I think you know how easy it would be for Jordan and Pippen to guard all those three-point shots that the Warriors put up. There's no way in hell they would get half the shots they get. They have no no postman at, at all. They would they wouldn't even get the, close to beating those Bulls teams. No, not even close. I don't. You brought this shit up. No, that's. I, I was only using it as an example. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Steve Kerr would. Steve Kerr would cancel well, they'd put, out. They'd put Jordan that on Curry. Stephon Curry guy. 
and they put Pippen on clay. But anyway, all of that, yeah, all of that to say, Trent Dilfer's job was to just to not screw it up. And I think the the issue with both Mankio and DeAndre Yedlin is that they probably both have higher ceilings than Emil Kraft does, but they also have far lower floors than Kraft does. And all he needs to do is come in and be consistent. He needs to be like a 6.8 to a 7 out of 10. And if he can do that more, you know, most games, then that's all they need from him. And so I, I think that's all they're trying to do with that signing is just to get that's somebody that's going to be consistent. He doesn't need to be a world beater. He doesn't need to be amazing. He doesn't need to dominate the game. He just needs to go out there and do his job and not screw up one game out of every three. You, you don't think Dennis Rodman would not I would pay, I would pay money to see that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be, that would be spectacular. One of the all-time but greatest you, you, battles you in NBA finals history. You kind of see the point that I'm trying history. to make here right, by saying he's got to be Trent Dilfer. You know, Warriors, Bulls, and 85 Bears and all that stuff aside for an, another – nostalgia historic sports podcast but the 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 gist of that is basically that all he has to do is just not screw up if he can just be competent and not make mistakes then his floor is an upgrade over what we have already and i think that's all they need because there are going to be other guys on the pitch that are going to try to that are going to win the game the fullbacks just need to not lose it and if you look back over the over the last couple of seasons when we've had issues where we've been overrun and when it's been the the times that we've been leaking goals and we've been battered, where has it been that we've been pointing the figure? It's been at, it's been on the outside. It's been at Richie and Mankio. Dummett kind of gets a pass because he was injured for a lot of that time, and it was at Yedlin. And so they're trying to just fix that. So who is the B.J. Armstrong of the of Newcastle? Riddle me this. B.J. Armstrong. Of Newcastle. Yeah, it's a tough one. Key? Well, see, BJ Armstrong thought he was better than he really was. Callback. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. We're right back to where we're beginning. Sorry, I went back to the first three Bulls championships on that one. I didn't go back to the latest, the last three championships. I am, I am waiting on my league now. <laughs> All right, let's and, and let's try, try and tie this really fun roller coaster up Arsenal in a nice three, tiny boat. Newcastle mode. won. Okay. Did you see all the players that Arsenal signed this year? Jesus Christ. <laughs> if they don't score 1,000 goals this season, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah, but if they give up 2,000 goals, it's not going to mean shit. But, there's there's but no better team goals, in the Premier so League that I, would, that I would want to face right out of the shoot to give my attackers confidence than Arsenal. Well, yeah. I, I'll agree with that because they, they don't have their defense sorted out. I mean, yeah, they signed David Luiz, but no, no, he no, doesn't no, know no, any of those no. guys at all. His name is Sideshow Bob. Shit Colocini? No, Sideshow Bob. But between, between Mustafi and Sideshow Bob, no, they, I, they've I, got... I the, so our, our, our defense might get run apart by Pepe and, and Aubameyang. It, they, they, they well, I will fully expect that because of the pace, but I am fully expecting yes. that David Luiz and Mustafi and Socrates and whoever's back there, they're going to get run rings around them the same way because that attack that we have, especially if, if Bruce breaks from type and puts all three of those attackers on the field at the same time, that, that game could very well end up 4-3. I, I think, David, you have hit the nail on the head. I think this is going to be a 4-3, 5-4 type game. This is going to be 
whoever scores last wins. And it's going to be very, very entertaining to watch. And I'm going to, I might be going out on a limb here and say that this might be the most exciting game of the opening weekend. It has everything on paper. To nah, that game's going to be, that, that. that game's going to be Especially hyped up Chelsea and it's going to end up one nil as well. Just watch. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, but you have to, this Chelsea team is much younger than they had a transfer ban for signing young players, but okay. I think I know, right? (laughs) Think about it. They've lost their best player. They've, you know, they got American messy players. who are going to just jump at the bit to prove they do have American messy. Just not against us. We'll see how he does. I hope he does well. I think just not against us. And for the, for the good of the game here, I hope he does well. Yes. Oh, we're at an hour. We should. I'm gonna go. Up. I'm gonna go two two. People are getting bored if they're actually listening to us. Adam, what was your prediction? I said three one. I'm gonna say four three. I'm not sure which way it's a gonna barn be. burner, if you will. I, I I'm gonna say this is gonna be a barn burner. Uh, let's now that we're on the cusp of the 2019-2020 Premier League season, where do you think we're gonna end up at the end of the season? Sixteenth. David. 14th. You on crack, bitch. <laughs> I think this is I, I I think this is going to I can't really make a a solid prediction of this. Either this is going to go spectacular, we're going to finish that 12 to 14th range or we're going to crash and burn and okay. we're going to finish yes. 19th. Is there are we better than Norwich and are we better than Sheffield United? Okay. So that immediately puts us at least yes. at 18th. So Brighton, are we better than Brighton? Okay, so then we're at 17th. That's why I picked 16th, because there's probably another team that'll have, you know. I think we're better than Villa. We can probably Villa. What's that? Villa. Well, I think we're better than Villa. I, I think we're also, I think they've also, they've, they're doing the same thing Fulham did last year and signing too many players in one window. I hope those motherfuckers oh. lose every goddamn game. <laughs> Me too. And I hope they're fucking. I'll go. I'll go. One, all I'll go. One more. I hope that we we relegate those motherfuckers. Tony, Tony, don't edit any of that shit out. You let that shit go. Just so we all know, we have an editor. Tony, don't edit any of that out. Yeah. I, th- I think. I think we're better than. I want a lot of subbing in the whole ten. We're better than Brighton. We're better than Villa. I think we're better than Palace. They have a better player than than any guy any of the guys we have. But I think we're better than Palace. They didn't. They didn't. I think Palace. I think Palace is a lot greater right, than, than. I still think a we're lot better of than they are. They they weakened dramatically in attack. They're... They didn't replace Wambasaka. They didn't replace Batshuayi. They basically are are pinning their entire hopes on on Zaha not downing tools because he didn't get his move. They're they're pinning their hopes on that. If if he if he doesn't play well, they're going to struggle. I think. Um, I think. I think we might be. I think we're on par with Bournemouth and Burnley and 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 those guys in that range. But I, but I think there are at least five teams in the Premier League that we're better than right now on paper. Uh, I think they're in the same conversation as us because I think they've got them? multiple very good players. Um, they don't. Do they, they don't. Have, so do they have maybe, a player that maybe we are just slightly better than them. Well, that makes us better. But but I I do like Ward Prowse. No, I, I do like Nathan Redmond. Mm-hmm. I do like their manager. However you pronounce his name, Hassan Hartl or whatever. I'm not very good with my German, but I, I do like those guys. I think they're kind of in the same conversation with like Burnley and Bournemouth and us and those guys, like a little bit above like the relegation scrap, but not in touch with like Watford and Wolves and Everton and Leicester and those guys. Yeah, we established that. 
dude, you really talk a lot. And my beer's gone, so it's totally the alcohol talking, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just reiterating. <laughs> Fresno guy who drank a 5% beer. I'm on 12% and it's gone. Feeling pretty good. So who who wins? Who wins? I'm halfway through number two. Just so, just so people out there in, in the world know, I'm going to the Great American Beer Festival of Denver in who October. Wins? Who wins? The awesome. It's going to be a lot of drinking. So, a lot of drinking. So you'll have to go to Hogshead and watch a, a match of 290 Denver and let us know how that goes. I, I'm pretty sure going to be – yeah, that's – So last, not a so last question. Hopefully it's a Saturday. Top four, top four and who get relegated. Anyway. What, what top weekend? four and who get relegated? Uh, top four, probably City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. Not necessarily in that order, except Man City and Liverpool, one and two. Relegation, probably Norwich, probably Sheffield United. And then I'm going to go Brighton. It's because I hate, I hate Mui, and he got signed there today on loan from Huddersfield. Wait, who are, you, who are your bottom three? Brighton. Okay. Sheffield United. Okay. Norwich. Okay. Not in any of that order. Whatever order, it doesn't matter. But did you Point. see that Huddersfield signed, what's his name, Mooney? Huddersfield, Huddersfield extended him, though, and then I they mean, loaned Brighton, him out. Brighton signed Mooney and Yeah, I saw yeah, that. They signed him long term. Or, or, or what's going to happen is they're going to get a fee for him next summer right. instead of him leaving on a free. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So I've, I've got – I've got – I've got um, – I think Liverpool's going to win the title this year. Um, I've got them in City 1-2. Um, I think Tottenham are going to be third, although I think they're going to be a lot closer. Well, they won't be a lot closer than they were last time because three through six was pretty packed. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Tottenham and, and um, I might go Arsenal, even though their defense is leaky. Arsenal or Chelsea. I don't think Man United are in the conversation. And, and sure? I'm, I'm probably with you as much as I want Villa to go down. I don't think mm. they're going to, um, I think, I think Sheffield United is going to go down. I think Brighton's going to go down. Um, no, they're not. And, and I'll go with um, who am I missing? Norwich. I think I think they'll finish 18th. I think they have the best chance of those three to stay up. Adam. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I want Villa to go down so badly, and who knows? It might go completely tits up for them, and I'm really hoping it does. Oh, but I, I think they'll so. probably. I so hope those motherfuckers go down. Every. I, I have a feeling they're going to finish 17th, though. That's just my. Yeah, he's the assistant manager. Isn't that the team that John Terry's like coaching? Yep. I, ho- I hope they go away and never return anymore. <laughs> but they won't. I think they're gonna they're gonna be the cockroach that they have always been up to now. They're gonna finish seventeenth. It'll be Brighton because they hung on by a thread last year and they really haven't done all that much to improve. But they got um, Louie. Yeah, but he got he went he went down with Huddersfield, they and they weren't him. much and. They, them, and Brighton were very similar squads in terms of quality, and you take Mui and drop him into Brighton, it's just going to be more of the same. I'm cautiously optimistic David, for this thought. season. We just need to hopefully play well. Adam, we have probably the worst manager since Graham Souness, but I hope that things go better than I think they will. All right, I'm going to end this and say one. All point. right, play Gloria. I don't think I can. I, I might get sued by two different people. <laughs> what, what do we play then? My teams have to have a song, sort of the way it works. <laughs> we have one. I'll I'll add it in at the end. Sweet. Play Gloria. Until next time, Hawaii the lads. Bye for now.